Attention audience, guess what? Is that time of the week again? It's Friday. That's right. We are back for another Friday Films. Uh, we're still kicking off season two. Uh, this week we went with one of Eric's, um, I don't want to say favorite movies. It might be up there now, but it was one that you've been looking forward to for a while. Yeah, yeah. As mentioned last week, this is one that I um, I missed out on in theaters last year when it came out. Um, Knives Out. I was very excited to see this movie. Um, Brian Johnson, who a lot of people shit on because of you know Star Wars: The Last Jedi, but whether you like that movie or not, he's a good director and he's a good writer. I mean, he's done great movies before, and 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 this one was another one of his. I was excited to see. Yeah, I uh, I was definitely a fan of this movie. I mean, not obviously we're not doing Star Wars, but I think there was a lot more to Star Wars than specific people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there was a lot more wrong with that movie than Ryan Johnson. Um, <laughs> so taking that out of the equation, as far as this movie went, I actually really enjoyed it. I thought it was all around uh, a decent story, good um, cast. Uh, way too many people to keep track of in this movie for me, but it was awesome. Yeah. Um, before we get too too deep into it, let me let me do the the, the quick breakdown. Um, Knives Out released November twenty seventh, twenty nineteen. Runtime of two hours and ten minutes, and it it moves pretty quick. Like it it's does. not. It doesn't seem like a a, a a long movie, which you know, that's my standard for a decent movie or not is whether I check my watch. I didn't check my watch, so. We're good to go. We're on a roll lately. <laughs> it, it, it passes the watch check. <laughs> uh, rating of PG-13 and a budget of $40 million. Wow. So in the grand scheme of things, compared to most uh, big Hollywood movies, not super expensive. And uh, I, I, rem- I don't know about you, but I remember when this movie was released and about to release because um, – during the before times, the, the, the pre-COVID the be- times, the before times. Wow, is that what we're calling? I would. Days? I was going to the movie once or tw- movies once or twice a week. Mm-hmm. This trailer was before every single movie, no matter what you were going to see, for like ever, and it was in theaters oh, yeah. for a very long. Like I think it was in theaters until almost February of this year. Um, so I have no excuse for not having seen it before, but it just, for some reason, never made it to, to the top of my, my watch list. Yeah. I remember um, you talking about it a couple of times, um, when we were doing random rambling, uh, yeah, about yeah. going to see, cause I, I really wanted to go see it too. And I just never got around to it. Uh, but I'm glad that we were able to actually catch up with it now. And it was on Amazon. It was on Amazon. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, Amazon. Amazon. Sorry, I thought you said Netflix for a second. No, no, Um, yeah. Amazon Prime. (laughs) All these streaming services, you go back and forth between them and get get a little mixed up. It does. It does. (laughs) But no, it is available on Amazon if you did not watch it before this review. So I guess my, my, we basically already said it. It's it's a good movie. It's Mm -hmm. it's an enjoyable, uh, it's enjoyable flick. Uh, It's definitely, the, the, the casting was phenomenal. Yes, I mean you've got. I gotta, I gotta bring up the list here as well because there's so many people in yeah, it. Yeah, that's why I was saying. Yeah. If you want to go you've over that got, short list real quick. Yeah, yeah, you've got Daniel Craig, Chris Evans, Ana de Armas, Jamie Lee Curtis, Michael Shannon, Don Johnson, Tony Collette, Lakeith Stanfield, Christopher Plummer, Catherine Langford, um, Jaden Martell, along with several others. I mean, an appearance by freaking Frank Oz in here as well. 
<laughs> yeah, I had to do a double take because like I saw them and it just never clicked until yeah. I, I start reading up more about it later on. I'm like, oh wow, you know, the like, old I voice of Yoda himself. Yeah, yeah, and I think he did what some of the Muppets and stuff do. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, and like it just it I mean, didn't click at first. I was like, wow, I didn't yeah. realize who that was at first. Um, and so so many so many phenomenal actors uh, in this movie, and they, I think they were all cast incredibly well. Yes, uh, in their respective roles, I thought they I thought they they fit those characters those those personas really well. But mm-hmm. the base premise of this movie is a an extra eccentric um, millionaire, you know millionaire writer and his family it's about this you know it's about their family and the dynamics and everything between them um with some curse balls thrown in in, in, a, in like told in in like a murder mystery format mm-hmm. trying really to solve good a murder mystery yeah really really good um I, I can't i can't say anything else without spoiling dude okay so <laughs> one of the things i Really appreciate it. You said it was a great, great cast. Um, and yes, they filled the characters that they played very, very well. But I also think, uh, like I mentioned in the last movie we did, there was really good chemistry between all of them on scene. Um, and I think it shows with the different character dynamics, um, the way they played off each other throughout mm-hmm. the whole movie. Uh, and I really liked how their characters kind of developed in this short time frame of... I forget that the actual time frame was like a, a week, maybe. maybe I would, maybe if I had to make that. a guess, it would probably be yeah, it'd be less less than a week that these characters are together. If if I were to make a guess, yeah. I mean, like as far as the movie days, goes, probably. I mean, I know there's history yeah. where it's a family, so obviously they've been together longer. But as as far as the time frame goes of when you see these characters in the movie, I, I'd say maybe a couple days to a week max with some breaks in between. Um, but all in all, it, it shows their character development or lack of development, depending on which character you look at, in that time mm-hmm. frame very, very well. Um, but yeah, you're right. There's not much that can be said, spoiler free, other than even though it's a murder mystery, um, I like how there's almost multiple mysteries to this. There are. each Each individual family member has their own story to tell that ties in mm-hmm. with the 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 overall um, mystery here yeah. you know and some of them are tied up some of them aren't and that's and that's okay you know it's it just expresses and shows the the ins and outs of this family and and these not good people like really like nobody in this family um is necessarily a good person. Yeah. There's, you know, there's, there's, there's only one good person in the entire movie. And that's, that's the point. That's one of the points of the story. Yeah. Um, um now before we jump into this, I, I'll have to ask you this question. I, I knew going into this movie, watching the trailer, I knew what the movie was going to be about. It was like a murder mystery and so forth. Mm-hmm. Uh, we kept joking around about it being a modern day clue. So going into this movie, I kept trying to think, oh, man, this is like Clue. This is like Clue. But I, I have to say, if this was actually a Clue game, it'd be way too hard. This would be like expert level Clue. And I don't know if I could play this kind of game. <laughs> Mastercraft Clue. Mastercraft Clue. Yeah, it's it's a little a little crazy for me. I don't know if I can actually solve that type of Clue game. Yeah. I don't think I'd win. Yeah. No, no, it's it's not. It's it's not. Um, it's less Clue. And and this is coming straight straight from trivia trivia time. It's less Clue and it's more Agatha Christie. 
Okay. Yeah, I mean it's it's basically it's it's uh it's actually based on and like inspired by Agatha Christie novels. Okay. That's what Brian Johnson based it on. So what what I'll say before jumping into uh, spoilers, um, I liked how even though this is a murder mystery and the movie plays out like you kind of feel like you know what's going on like you said there was a lot of curveballs thrown and it keeps you kind of guessing it's like yeah. they, they set you up so it's like you know what's coming it's like oh i know what's gonna happen it was you know colonel mustard with the candlestick and they're like no <laughs> nope nope sorry the candlestick wasn't there that night oh well okay then <laughs> all right fine. so he didn't have a um, candlestick you know like i, I like that part of the movie so I think we've said enough, man. We've got to we've got to dive yeah. into spoilers. I know you you're so excited. You can't. I wait. can't. Yeah, I can't. I can't say anymore without us just repeating the same thing. Okay, I'll hold Eric off for like five seconds. Those who have not seen the movie and want to go now, before it's too late. And your time is now up, Eric. Go ahead. <laughs> um, so yes, uh, this movie. I. Where do I begin? Well, Daniel Craig in this role. Yes. As Benoit Blanc, the the voice that was that that he chose for it, which is, and they they reference it in the movie is Foghorn Leghorn, essentially, you know, or or or, or the Colonel from KFC. It's uh, it's such it's such a phenomenal portrayal and he really gets into the role really well and you can tell I mean, the, the whole cast you can tell it looks like they had fun making this movie oh yes all right um but him in particular why jordan and i'll come back to this in later movies i'm sure and i probably already said this before in movies that we've done why is it so unfair that british people can do american accents better than americans can do british accents <laughs> I, I really don't know I've, I've pondered that question for a long time i really don't know if you have an American doing a British accent, you could always tell it's bullshit. You can't tell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when a British been... person is doing an American accent, unless you already know they're British. Yeah. There's been multiple <laughs> actors where I go and watch interviews and I'm like, oh, I didn't know they were British. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Right on. Uh, um, yes, that's very true. I, I don't know. I don't know the, the mystery to that question. This has pondered me for a very long time. Yeah. But this, his character though was very, um, it was just your general detective from, from yeah. like Agatha Christie or from like murder on Orient Express or pink Panther, you know, minus the goofiness, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. you know, it's, it's that type of, of, of detective. And you can see where the inspiration was, was drawn from now kind of sitting behind the scenes and, 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 not necessarily looking at what's physically there, but looking at the people that are there yeah. and the relationships they have and and the lies that they tell and, and and whatnot to try and find the truth. And that's what has made this character successful. And he's a, a very successful uh, detective in this. Um, but the whole story i love how it was told in the form of flashbacks you know you see yes. the party when 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 um you see the party when uh um god uh harlan harlan dies mm-hmm. you see it from different characters perspectives you know when when they're questioning the the family members in yeah it's the, like the uh, story's the, told differently each time the piano room yeah. yeah each one tells something a little bit different and i love the 
Daniel Craig just sitting in the back and the other guys are the ones asking the questions and he doesn't come to the forefront until pretty much everyone's been interviewed and we're kind of moving on towards the end of, you know, towards the rest of the, the, the story at this point. And I thought that was a great introduction to his character oh, yes. of I, being the observer. Yes. I know. liked how he was kind of like in the shadows, um, which I'm going to get into a little later. Cause there was actually a scene where he was actually literally in the shadows. And I love that scene, but yeah, um, yeah, that was a good shot. Yeah. I was gonna say there was a couple of really good cinematic moments that I'll hit in later. But uh, as far as his introduction, I love the fact that he is in the background. Like you don't know who he is. You kind of make it, it makes it feel like, the police detectives that are ta- interviewing the characters, he's kind of like the lead detector, and like the other guys are just like low levels until you've realized that he's actually a private investigator and not with the police technically. But I love yeah. his little piano key that it's kind of like symbolizes like, hey, there's something wrong here. Um, the uh, the piano key actually will um, let me let me dip into trivia for a quick second. Uh, the piano key was actually intentionally every time he presses it the um detect the 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 other detective asks the same question it's a cue for him to ask the question which is when did you arrive at the party every time he presses the piano key the next question asked i did not pick up on that i knew he changed questions but i just i was not paying attention to the question being asked i was just paying attention to the fact that he was like clicking the key and i'm like oh it must be like something he knows something's off or something like oh hey that's a lie you know click that yeah. type of thing i didn't pay attention uh, to the actual question it was a cue for 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 um for the other detective to ask the question lieutenant lieutenant elliot was that his name yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and i, I laughed because he would kind of kind of chuckle almost every time he would hear the key <laughs> the piano key um <laughs> but i mean while we're at it let's let's keep going into the rest of these characters i mean we already know the actors who played um, but let's get into the rest of these characters because they are really, really good. And and like you said uh, before, there was a lot of curveballs thrown from every character, especially this early in the movie. Um, not that I want to play this movie scene by scene, but there is multiple parts to this movie. It, it'd probably be the better way to explain it. Like you had yeah. the, the intro, like the first maybe quarter of the movie was the intro of the knights of the party told from every different mm-hmm. person getting to learn these characters trying to figure out what happened and then you kind of have like a middle section where we learn what happened um and it's you're trying to uncover or everyone else is trying to uncover that puzzle yeah. that we think we know and then towards the end you have another curveball and it's a whole another mystery that we didn't realize and that's that's one thing that got me is like halfway through when you when you when you reveal that it wasn't it was an accident and and um, the murder of Harlan was being covered up by himself. Yes. You know, he was pro- he was protecting um, we're in spoiler territory now. So he was protecting Marta. Yes. Um, on a day armistice character who. As far as we know, mixed up she was his nurse mixed up the drugs and accidentally OD'd him on, on morphine. Um, and that's what we think. And we think it's just, you know, he, we see him, you know, planning this with her right before his, his death um, on, you know, do this, do that, do that. And everything will be okay. It'll be fine. You know, he's, he's still protecting her. He knows it's not her fault. Yeah, and he's got um, like, and he's on the clock. I mean, you know, it's it's yeah. said during the scene uh, because he's it's, got ten minutes. Yeah, yeah, he's dead in ten minutes. Yeah, and uh, th- we would say this is probably about the halfway mark, give or take, because I think 
it's just towards the end of all the interviews. Um, they're yeah, doing we're the about time an hour frame. At this point. Yeah. yeah, and that's when you you discover, wow, it wasn't a murder mystery. I mean, this is what actually happened. Now they just got to cover it up while they try to solve it. I was like, this is a different take. This is where I was like, yeah. you know, hey, it was Colonel Mustard with the candlestick, but then you find out the candlestick's not there. Towards the end, you're like, what? what? I'm so confused. Um, and that she's she's just this this innocent girl that made a made a mistake essentially yeah and um and and harlan didn't want her to to suffer that for that because he didn't blame her for 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 his his death um and that was that was interesting and the whole theme there's there's so many themes that run through this i'd I'd want to focus more on the themes rather than the individual moments no that's fine i was one of the themes the character like story yeah exactly yeah one of the themes in particular is with marto you know, you've got this family that are—they're not good people. Mm-mm. You know, you've got Chris Evans, who's the, the the grandson that is most like the grandfather, but they fight all the time. But you know, never works. Never, you know, is living off his fa- the, the the family's you know fortune. Yeah. Um, you've got the the daughter who is like her own self-made person, but did it on alone from her father. You know, mm-hmm. you've got her husband, who is just kind of buying into this, you know, this, this rich family, you know, you've got Tony Collette's character who is the, 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 the ex-wife of, of one of their other children who was deceased and is being supported by this family, yep. even though and, and her, her husband's dead, you know, you've got Michael Shannon, who's the youngest son who runs the publishing company, but never went out to do his own thing. And all of these people are sucking at the teat of Harlan, essentially, um except for Marta. Marta yep. is the the one character that is doing this for pure motivation. She she is a good person trying is to is a help good out person. Her. She's being his his friend. She doesn't, you know, she doesn't want anything from it. You know, they even reference how much she makes um at one point when when he, she's being interviewed and it's I don't remember the exact amount that's said, but it's just it's just a flat rate. Like it's nothing. Yeah, it's like bottom of the line. Yeah, it's just a flat rate. It's nothing special. So she's not in it for the money, and even to the point of her being so pure-hearted that she physically can't lie because it makes her vomit. It yeah. makes her so yeah, nauseous they, that she'll she vomit that, but... just the thought. Yeah, just the thought of lying. Um, um and I so I think... she's the only good character in the whole in the whole film. And um. What's his name? Blanc. He ref- he referenced that a couple times about how she was the only one that couldn't have done it, had nothing to gain from killing him. Now, of course, yes. this is you know when we realize it was accidental mix up, and so she's trying to help cover it up because she doesn't get herself in trouble. And and the reason is even though she is the good person, um, a lot of the background between her just coming out clean in the beginning uh, versus trying to help cover it up like Harlan wanted her to is because of her mom. Um, yes being if I, if I remember correctly was she technically an illegal immigrant or something she like that? was in a, yeah she was she was it, it's never it's never confirmed by uh by marta or marta's mom but the rest of the family references her mom as an illegal immigrant okay um as an illegal immigrant and and the tones of of that because um there's so many tones covering like immigration policy and whatnot in this in this in this movie as well specifically relating to um to marta's mom but it also shows how 
even though the characters say multiple times throughout this that Marta's a part of the family, you know, they're going to look out for oh, her, yeah. they always mm-hmm. have, they always will. Every time they reference Marta or Marta's mom in interviews or whatever, she's from Paraguay, she's from Uruguay, she's from Brazil, she's Mexican, you know, they never... But she's part of the family. Yeah, yeah I got yeah, that a couple no times. One, mm-hmm. No one cares. It's just, she's just ethnic, you know? Yeah. So you really see how these characters truly actually don't care. You mm-hmm. know, they're they're saying what they think needs to be said, not what they actually feel. Well, that and it's funny because uh, oh, was it Don Johnson's character uh, when during his interview, Richard? He he makes a couple comments where when the detective questions what he says, he's like, "Well, yeah, I don't know why I said that. No, it seemed right." You know, it's like he yeah. kind of he, he gets caught in the saying whatever it is he wants. He thinks the detectives want to hear. Um, like, oh, everyone's got a good relationship with their father, do they? No, not really. No. <laughs> I'm not sure why I said that. I mean, <laughs> yeah. um, but um, I mean, to, to carry on with the, the character lines, like I said, not getting into specific moments, but the other curveballs, you, you, you mentioned the grandson who's essentially just there for the money. Played uh, by Chris find, Evans, Ransom, yes, Ransom Chris Drysdale. Evans. Uh, yeah. Which I liked the fact that he was his character was kind of thrown in towards the middle of the movie and on. Like, he was referenced multiple times in the beginning, but yeah. you don't see him until, like, halfway through. And um, he's, he's, he, doesn't be, he doesn't become a part of the film, technically, until the will reading. Yeah, yeah. And that second half of the... Um, well, yeah, I guess the second half of the movie, um, his character was played very strong. So I, I liked yes. his introduction as far as character goes. Uh, but essentially, you have him who uh, his little story arc is essentially, like you said, he's just kind of there for the money. He doesn't really have any part. He might help with stories here and there, do some research and stuff, but he's no real part of the family. He doesn't do anything for his own. He just collects the inheritance money um, from the family, essentially. Then you ha- and you find out that you know Harlan cuts him out. He's like, you know what? I'm not doing it anymore. You're going to have to learn for yourself. Um, which there's a reference about his character building from that, but before we get into that, then you have the other ones. You have, uh, I was talking about Don Johnson's character, uh, Richard, the, mm-hmm. the husband of, of Lydia. Um, you find out that him and Harlan had a little bit of controversy too. And you're finding all this out in the beginning stages, like during the interviews, you're finding yeah. out that everyone's lying about their time there and yeah. then their confrontation with Harlan. And I, I, I love the flashbacks because in mm-hmm. interviews they're not talking about it but in the flashback they say, they say one thing in the interview and then the flashback shows what really happened. shows what really happened yeah and yeah. i love that. i love those flashbacks um but you find out that uh richard was having an affair with lydia and you know harlan's threatening he's like look i have this note i'm gonna give it to her unless you tell her you tell her or i will and i love i love that note um, yeah. because it, it plays a role towards the end of the movie. And I was laughing because my other half was watching the movie kind of here and there with me in the, when I was doing my review. And she kind of stopped. She's like, I don't understand the letter. And I had to go back and explain to her. Uh, yeah. But I love that that whole letter scene and the controversy between Richard and Harlan for the affair. Then you had... Um, Tony Collette, you had Joni's the character of Joni yes, who yes, had been double dipping mm-hmm. with her daughter's tuition. Yep. Between yeah, uh, Harlan had been playing, and... paying her daughter's tuition for, for years. And for the last four years, um, they had been mistaking. There had been double checks mistakenly being sent. And, and um, Joni had been taking, them. taking, you know, both payments essentially. Mm-hmm. So she'd been ex- ex- quietly extorting money out of the family or not extorting uh 
swindling swindling yeah siphoning 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 money out of the family yeah that'll work um, i'll take that so yeah she gets cut off from harlan and then you find out that walt um i don't think mm-hmm. walt was really doing anything to jeopardize business he had he ran all the books uh or the publishing part of it and he kept wanting to try and find ways to make more money you know do yeah. movies instead of film rights tv show rights exactly stuff like that. And, he, yeah. and he he always worked with harlan and i think the the, the point there was Harlan was like, you know what? I, I've never let him go out and do his own thing. He's always been in my shadows, you know, doing the publishing, doing everything that I've told him to do. So that side of things was a little different. It wasn't like Walt was backstabbing Harlan. It was, you know, he kept trying to push to make things better instead of doing his own thing, going out and making his own company like Lydia and so on. So he got cut off. Um, and then as far as Lydia's character or, or Jamie Lee Curtis – I don't think she actually was technically had a confrontation with Harley, if I remember correctly. It was the other. No, four. not in, Yeah, not in the not in the flashback. Her biggest thing was like she was her she was her, or she was her father's favorite essentially, and they do they do reference that because they had those fun little games with the mystery letters and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, so yeah, which is where the she was the one. The letter. That, yeah, she was the one that spoke very highly of him, but. It's still referenced many times. Part of the reason she was cut out of the will as well is. She never, despite claiming to have succeeded on her own, she never succeeded on her own. She succeeded on her father's money. She had her own business, yeah. But the business was started based on based on her father, not her own merits. Yeah. Um, but the big controversy with her was not was was with um, her husband cheating on her, and and her dad knowing it, not not that not her yeah. company yeah that, that's true i guess if anything about it and yeah because like throughout the whole movie and it never really made sense she was so upset about losing out on her father's will which granted i can see but if she was her own you know like boss made her own company made her own money the money part of it should not have mattered the house and then the you know the property i can see that but the money should have mattered because she has her own business bringing her own money in whether it was started with her you know father or grandfather's money or not it doesn't matter so, it's a powerful thing, though, man. Like uh, money, money breaks up families. Like, like, this is a fun thing, you know. Thank, thank, thankfully, you know, my my parents are still are are, are still with us. Um, but I've heard horror stories of people whose whose parents have died or grandparents have died, and the family's literally ripped apart because everyone's fighting over scraps. Yes. you know. Yeah. And everyone's just just bringing out and talking all this shit about each other because they're trying to get everything they can from this person's death. Yeah. And this is very much represented in that. And Linda was no exception to that. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Linda I've, wanted uh, the wealth, you know, the wealth and everything as much as anyone else. I've heard stories of um, family members essentially not necessarily disowning each other, but in a way completely cutting ties and going off and and never talking to each other ever again off of some of the littlest things like what happened to, to so-and-so's furniture. I was supposed to get that. Why did you sell it? Why did you give it to the other cousin? Whatever. And that's it. I'm never talking to the family ever again. I mean, it's like little stuff like that. So, I mean, I guess we're not looking in that perspective for, however much money he was supposed to have and the properties and everything that was invested in the business, the fact that none of them got anything, obviously we're in spoilers, so it doesn't matter. But when they read the will and we realized that everything goes to Martha, everything, 
Um, yeah. Which I love that scene about the whole house. And it's like, you know, you God, get out of my house. This is still our house. And then they, they all just stop at, they and look, look back. Frank Oz, who's <laughs> yeah. the attorney. And the attorney goes, she, he goes, oh, um, yeah. the house and all of its possessions inside will go to Marta. <laughs> and then we're like, what the yeah. <laughs> um, So, yeah, I mean, I get it. I mean, when I guess when I look at it that way, it makes more sense. But uh, I, I love the fact that you realize everything goes to her. At this point, it's the pivotal point. Because then you start looking back. You already know that the death of Harlan was an accident. So we believe. Uh, mm-hmm. You already know that Martha's trying to cover it up. She had nothing to gain from everything. Because uh, oh, nobody, she's also, in, she's also incredibly guilty about it too. Exactly, you know. And no, even one though knew... it was Harlan's idea, he made this idea based on her screw up. So she feels truly guilty that she she killed him, even though he yeah. was okay with it. Yes, um, and no one knew that he changed the will at the last minute uh, because it was sealed and opened up right then and there. The only thing that Martha knew other than you know what accidentally happened and the fact that he was trying to cover it up, is that he was cutting out all of the family members to try and... Essentially, he was trying to teach them, hey, you need to go and take care of yourself. You need to build your own fortune and, and build your own lives and not be kind of in my shadows, essentially. In in different degrees. I mean, each one had their own, like I said, slight story difference. Um, but I love how, at this pivotal point... At least for me, although I I already know um, that Martha did it by accident and all this, you start to then look at things a little differently. You go, well, was it really an accident then? Because, I mean, granted, as far as we know, nobody knew that the wheel got changed, but Martha knew that everyone else got cut out of the wheel. So she's a little bit more insightful than everyone else. Mm-hmm. So at, at this point, I'm going to ask you, did you ever think that maybe she really did do it and not on accident? Um, the thought crossed my mind, but not for long. If, if, yeah, I, I can't say the thought didn't cross my mind, but the relationship that, um, Blanc, um, Daniel Craig, you know, Benoit yeah. Blanc had with Marta, uh, sold me on, 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 she is the main character of this movie. Yeah, you know, and that that I I I would have I would have un, it would have blown me away to find out that her motives were unpure. Yeah, you know. So the thought may have crossed my mind, but I never really considered that as a possibility because okay. you have okay, good. the main character Marta, and then essentially the storyteller um, in Blanc making this very this this super keen detective is making this strong attachment with this character who all things considered should very much still be a suspect mm-hmm. and he's treating her as as his sidekick not a suspect you know so he's already sees something that he's not revealing that we that we that we see later on. Yes, yeah. Um, which I which love that, by the way. Yeah, that, that was great. That was great. Um, I, but no, um, I was essentially, say, a, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say that I, I agree with you. When the thought crossed my mind, I'm like, man, what if she actually did? You know, switch the vials on purpose in the sense. I'm like, 
No, no. I mean, it, it'd be kind of like a clever thing, but I mean, her like you said, her character was too pure, and they I think they relied on that throughout the whole movie. Um, and, yeah, they they'd set her and, up and as innocent fact, too too quickly. Yeah. Um, so all around, I, I thought that was great. And then uh, this is obviously that pivotal point where um, we get into the later half of the movie where, you know, Chris Evans' character comes into play during the will reading. And, you know, he's loving life because the family's at each other's throats trying to pin each other under the bus. And you're like, oh, it was you. Oh, it was you. I can't believe you do this. What? Um, and then I think Chris Evans finally it starts his character. Now that we see him, he, he, he I like how they played him out as the the bad kid um that just out playboy style doing every once off the family's mm-hmm. money and then th- after the will reading when the family starts turning against um martha marta marta yeah. sorry um chris evans can't uh, character was it ransom i think his name was yeah which yeah. i always thought was i thought was like the funniest name throughout this whole movie it's um, incredibly appropriate yeah yeah <laughs> he uh he pretty much like it takes her out as an escape he's like hey look i'll save you from the rest of the family you know after all this you know we had a falling out but you know it made me realize that you know my grandfather's right i need to start taking care of myself isn't that and he had like a change of character based off of the way he was presented to what we see at this point and i loved the way his character was introduced um especially once we get towards the end of the movie and we find out more about his character um which is which is completely believable by it the is. way, it, it, it is believable that, granted, not over the span of a couple of days, maybe, but that you find out that your grandfather, that you're the closest, arguably the closest one to, as they referenced before, because they're the most alike. Mm-hmm. Um, but they also fight all the time because they're the most alike. Cuts you out of your will in order for you to become a better man. Yeah. You know? You that realization will come at some point in time. It ain't coming in three days, though. No, and yeah. as we find out, it never really technically it never did. comes. Yeah, I yeah. mean, he had the realization, but in a different way. <laughs> yeah. Um, um. But yeah, from here on out, it's that show, and we'll 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 go ahead and break into break into the 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 end spoilers just so we can we can we can break it down. Um, Chris Evans' character's ransom is 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 the mastermind of this. He's mm-hmm. the one that that snuck in after the leaving the party came back switched the drugs you know with this whole intention knowing he was the one that knew the money was going to marta in an attempt to have her be found guilty and the money goes back to his family he gets his cut because no one else ever knew you know that it wasn't revealed till after the will reading yeah um that was the grand that was the grandmaster plan and then when Marta is kind of screwing up his plans by being honest and being yeah. not hiding things from the police. That's when he becomes more personally involved with, yep. you know, hey, listen, you keep the money. Just give me my share. I'll help you make sure this is never found out. You know, yep. it, we'll, we'll, we'll cover it up together. So he kind of changed. That's when the when, when we see him get involved in the movie is when his plan changes. Yes, yeah, and this is yeah. where I was referring to it. It's like the mystery inside of a mystery, and it's like, yeah. Well, now that we thought the mystery was solved, or, we realized that there is really something else going on that we didn't see the whole time. Yeah. Or um, in the in the Blanc method, the 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 donut hole inside the donut <laughs> hole inside the donut. <laughs> when he was doing that whole scene, I'm like, what is he talking about? 
that that was that was a great scene when we did that. Uh, but I, what I really liked is the fact that you kind of discover that the plan got screwed up, and that you know Chris Evans' character was trying to adapt as the plan kept unfolding, trying to change direction so that he'd still get his outcome. Because what we find out is that when the vials were knocked over through their, you know, goofing around and chessboard and all that, when she picked up the vials and Blanc points this out, what Chris Evans did, he, his character, he took using the syringe, pulled the fluids out of one bottle and switched them in into the other, the other bottle. bottle. So the bottle labels and all never got changed. It was the same bottles, but the liquids got changed between the two of them. And they both look almost identical other than the labels. But what Blanc realizes, and he, he says this to her, uh, because at some point they're trying to fight over finding the um, autopsy report that had you mm-hmm. know the actual drug results. And it would have proved that she accidentally put the, gave him the wrong doses of each drug. Yeah. But what it find out is that she, being the good person that she is, and the good doctor, nurse, whatever you want to call her, she realized the... What's the, the word I'm looking for? Essentially, the difference in the liquids just yeah. by feel. She had done this so many times that just the act of picking up, she didn't even have to look at it. The act of picking up the bottles, she instinctively knew which one was which. Yes. You know, just by weight, by consistency, by whatever, you know, they have a couple of different things. But when you do something hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times, you, yeah. know, you don't have to think about doing it. And so yeah. you come to find out that she did not. Uh, give him the wrong doses she actually gave him the correct doses and had she been able to get the the cure or whatever to help counteract the other the third drug that we find out was missing because chris evans took character mm-hmm. took that vial um he, he wouldn't even he wouldn't have even needed the third drug well no that's right he wasn't yeah. poisoned um he said that had harlan listened to her and called the ambulance he would have been fine but instead because they all believe both of them believed that she gave him the wrong drugs he set this whole scheme in motion and committed suicide yeah. um to try and help her out so the um, only thing that she was guilty of was being a good person that and, and being a the, good the, the was it the, the charades of everything that she was trying to cover up yeah for no reason <laughs> at all um so I, oh, I, really, I think, really I think it was that. something along the lines of all you're guilty of is being a good person and being bad at charades. Yeah, that's, I think that's or what it something was, yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, so like as we get towards the end and we find out and I love the end scene when, when you find out that Chris Evans is the one behind everything um, and she even tricks him into confessing to the murder of Fran and all that. Yeah, which and is she, which is another plot which we won't even get into. That's that's all. No, it's, up it's other all. That's, yeah, it's yeah. all pretty much. It's all part. It's all part of the the, the, the donut, scheme. if you will. But you know, um, if you've seen the movie, you get it. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, it's it's a nice tie up um, as far as the murder mystery, and I really liked because uh, I know you were you referenced this because I wanted to hit on this before we wrap up. Uh, I also want to hit up on a couple other scenes real quick, but when you find out that Blanc knew the whole time. Yes. Yeah. When Blanc knew the whole time, they that you see when, after they, they Blanc and Marta first meet, and, and Blanc is not ashamed to ask her questions because he picks up on the fact that, that she can't tell a lie. She gets nauseous if she tells a lie. Yeah, so he's yeah, he, he knows about it to begin with, yeah. Yeah, and... Um, we see her, you know, leave and go home after that conversation and go back to her, her family. And when she sits on the couch, it, it cuts in on her shoe, which has a drop of blood on it. 
Mm-hmm. And this is when we already know that she was there when he killed him. She saw him kill yeah, himself. Yeah, it was after her plan. flashback of everything. Yeah. Um, um, so we see that drop of blood on the shoe. And at the very end, after all loose ends are wrapped up, um, she asks... How long Blanc, have you known? Yeah. yeah, how long did you know I was involved? And he goes, oh, since since the moment I met you. <laughs> yeah, and he like points to her shoe, and she's like, oh. Yeah. Like, she's like kind of like... <laughs> Yeah, oh, since the, mo- since the moment I met you, I knew you were involved in some way, shape, or form. But you were also, like you said, the one that had no reason to do it and the only one that was being honest the whole time. Yeah. You know, you know loosely honest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not yeah, hiding anything, so to speak. Um, um, and I like how, you know, going back to the family quick, you know, th- this scene, she mentions to Blanc, you know, like, what am I supposed to do with this, this money and this family and all? Like, I feel like I should help them and all because – you know, she being close to Harlan was like, look, this is Harlan's wish. He wanted me to have everything. I don't that, that doesn't necessarily mean that I want it all. But I mean, it'd be yeah, it'd be nice to have money and all to get out of, you know, being able to support your family, and this and that. It's just like, but at the same time, this is what Harlan wanted. And, you know, she cared about Harlan more than her, his whole family did. And that was the whole point. That was why Harlan cut all of them out and gave it all to her. Um, And I liked how Daniel Craig's character or Blanc was like, you know, I have my opinions on it, but I <laughs> yeah. know what you're going to do. Yeah, I like I like he's like, I've got my own thoughts going. I wouldn't give them a goddamn dime. Yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> is what he was saying. But I know you're going to do what you feel is right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I loved how he leave. They all leave. And like the whole family turns and looks up at her when she's like up on the, the balcony with with mm-hmm. his cup, which I love from the very beginning. It's my house, my or my coffee, my rolls or something like that. I can't remember what the yeah, coffee it was. Um, like. My my co- or my rolls, my coffee, my house and everything on that final scene. Everything's covered up except for my house. Yeah. Yeah. Is what you see. Um, and that's that scene actually is a. um if you notice, it's a flip. The It ends with her on the balcony holding the, the My House cup and the rest of the family looking up at her. Yes. Wondering what the future holds. And it began with her on the driveway where they were looking up at the house with them on the balcony at the party. Yes, yes. You know, that, that so is that's good. It completely, it com- the role completely flipped. Um, one of the other things I want to hit on real quick, because I the whole story was good. Um but I really liked on the cinematic side, because I know I don't get into a lot of this with different movies. There was a lot of really good camera angles, um, visual effects uh, throughout the whole movie. Uh, it's even, very well shot. Yes. Yes. Especially from the very beginning, the way they did a lot of the close ups in like um, the, uh, what was the uh, Fran uh, who mm-hmm. was taking the coffee and the food and all up to him. And the next morning when, when everything, the body. yeah, when everything first starts, they did the close-ups on like all of his stuff on the walls, and it just really, mm-hmm. really good camera angles. Even the when shot, the shot with the dogs, the yeah, dogs yeah, that's what I was getting camera, to next. when it mm-hmm. opens, yeah, all of that's really, really good. And throughout the whole movie, I think the location that they shot in during this this whole house was great and perfect for camera, good lighting, uh, good visual effects, all of that. But um, one of the other big scenes that I was a fan of, like I mentioned earlier, is when the after party like after the investigation the night of the the funeral party whatever you want to call it, it wasn't the actual funeral but they had like that little gathering later on mm-hmm. uh where she was there and you already find out that she 
was in, you know, she knew what happened and she was there when, when he, you know, actually mixed up the drugs. You already find out all this. This is right when Blanc is done interviewing everybody, but says, I'm going to stick around because there's more going on. Yeah. But she walks outside and he's just sitting there in the shadows. All you see is like his feet. And they have this little like back and forth conversation about how he wants her to essentially be his Watson and keep her yeah. close because he trusts her, even knowing at this point that she was in on something and there was something more going on. But that whole scene was awesome. I loved the fact that he was just kind of in the shadows talking and just like being that like dark mystery person. I mean, you know who it is. The yeah. voice says everything. But that yeah. scene was shot really, really well. I, I oh, really yeah, the way it was it. shot was 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 good. It was very, very good. Yeah, it was it was shot incredibly well. Um, yeah, I mean, there's moments like that throughout this this whole thing. There's there's so much foreshadowing and and, and mm-hmm. symbolism you know the, the 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 knife display that you have um which i've i've got and I'll, I'll jump on i'll jump on that one in trivia time real quick that knife display was designed that way because of the whole donut hole theory it's the oh, hole in the middle okay okay everyone has their knives out you know at each other's throat because of this mystery this emptiness in the middle so that's kind of cool. I didn't realize that. I, I did like the fact that when Chris Evans like lunged after her with the knife that we didn't like, get in that conversation that it was the fake knife. Like mm-hmm. that. Was do you hysterical. remember? Do you remember when they're um, when they're flashing back to Harland and and Marta talking about him being cut out of the will? That's that's a reference to that conversation because he was saying, you know, like like I love my grandson, but he doesn't know the difference between a prop knife and a real knife. Oh uh, no, I miss he, that. Yeah, basically referencing that he he's he's never had to take care of himself, so he doesn't know he doesn't know what's real and what's fake is essentially what what the point of that was. But he literally uses the words doesn't know the difference between a prop knife and a real knife. Oh, so man. it's really great at the very very end. He grabs the prop knife to kill her instead of a real knife. So that, it kind of comes. Is, that is pretty funny. I missed that part. Like I knew that they were talking about cutting him out of the will, but I missed that um, yeah. that conversation about the. Uh, the prop knife that's that's actually pretty funny yeah it's just all like this whole movie is full of full of little foreshadowing moments and and little representative things and and set design like you mentioned i'll touch on the the house was perfect it was it was the perfect eccentric millionaire home you Mm -hmm. know you've got books everywhere you've got weird statues you've got strange art pieces you've got this huge self-portrait you've got all of this, all of this stuff, you know, looks like it's been here for a hundred years. And then they reference at the end, he bought this house from an Indian millionaire in 1984. So this is yeah. not like the family's fighting over something that he's owned for 20, you know, 30 years, not their century old. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Cause I, I think it was even mentioned <laughs> that Harlan's dad had a whole bunch of money and it was all like family money too. Like, even Harlan came, uh, it didn't make everything from scratch. Like, I think there was already some money in the family before Harlan broke out as a a murder mystery writer or something like that. I think they reference. Yeah, Um, I missed that, but... I I mean, I could be wrong, but it it was during the conversation about that house being Mm -hmm. um, bought from, like you said, an Indian millionaire, whoever it was. I thought it was something along the lines where, you know, there was not there wasn't as um it wasn't as simple clean cut as harlan came from nothing and made everything and like made the family it kind of seemed like harlan yes grew into this and did something for himself but there was you know someone supporting him 
in his early days too just like he was supporting the rest of the family Mm -hmm. so but anyway i thought the movie was awesome um great visual effects it was a great mystery story involved um kept you guessing even though it gave you enough to figure out the answers uh, which i think i enjoy the most about mystery type movies and this is the kind of movie that i think would be fun to rewatch while i don't think it's necessary to rewatch because you know the whole mystery you know the turns and the twists and whatnot are, are spoiled for you after you watch it once but being able to pick up on the different the 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 different thing like things in the background or the metaphors or the things people say to foreshadow mm-hmm. you know because yeah. even picking up on the knife thing you know i'm sure there's a million other things in this movie that reference that were referenced in the beginning that end up occurring at the end you well, know, I, that you just don't pick up on because you're not looking at things that way. Cause you don't know what's coming. I know there so. was, um, and I, I know you're going to hit up on this on trivia cause we talked about right before we started recording, but there was one thing that I picked up after watching the movie when I was going through the credits that I did not realize. And I had to go back and rewatch at least this scene or two to try and pick up on it. And I was like, how did I miss that? I mean, great. I knew I wasn't looking for it, but I mean, yeah. rereading a couple of things like even, um, Oh, um, Frank Oz. We were talking about that with him yeah. being the attorney. He came in. He did all the things. I watched the whole movie. And when I was reading back on some of the um, like Easter eggs in the movie to try and look into this this one thing you're going to bring up a trivia, I was reading on the Frank Oz thing, and I'm like, oh wow, I did not even pick up on that. I just he came in, he did, he was the attorney, and that's all I thought of the whole time watching this. It wasn't until uh, like afterwards I, I realized who who he was, and I'm like, yeah whoa okay this makes more sense yeah like i just it it slipped right over my head the whole time we were doing the scenes um because i wasn't really focusing on him i was focusing on the other the actors the other um like like the family how they were reacting to the will the commentary between his secretary keep pointing at the the contract while he was reading it was like what's the point of him even being there you know yeah uh so it makes more sense looking back but yeah i would i would actually enjoy going back and rewatching this to try and pick up a little bit more on the subtle things knowing now how the movie ends um well, before we uh, before we wrap up, you want to go ahead and hop into trivia time? Yeah, I was going to say, I, I am curious to see what other trivia we haven't talked about yet. I got some fun ones. I got some I got some pretty good ones. Uh, a few of them I touched on earlier in the recording. But uh, trivia fact number one, Harlan dies on his 85th birthday. This is a reference to, as I said earlier, Agatha Christie, who died at the same age of 1985. This oh, whole movie cool. is influenced by Agatha Christie's writing style and stories. Uh, let's see here. Daniel Craig based Benoit Blanc's speech on Southern historian Shelby Foote, who also had a similar speech style, that, that foghorn leghorn voice style. Um, which I love how when they're, when they're, when the family's arguing with them, they call him foghorn leghorn. And then Chris Evans character says, who is this CSI KFC? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Great. I love that line. CSI KFC. I, I cracked up when I heard that. Um, this is kind of fun because I didn't even pick up this. The painting, the self-portrait of Harlan that I referenced. Yeah. Um, that painting is actually a uh, post effect. It's a CGI effect. It wasn't actually there because they wanted to have a real painting, but the real painting wasn't finished before they fin- before they completed shooting. Huh. So they went back in and digitally added the painting in post-production. That I didn't know. Yeah. I, I, I noticed so, like the painting itself, he was holding the dagger and all that he used. Mm-hmm. Um, 
to uh, commit suicide essentially and i liked how because like during the scenes of the flashbacks you see him playing with that knife which was the murder weapon essentially but like yeah. i i laughed when i saw the portrait of what i thought was the painting now that i know it's cgi but uh he was holding that knife and i thought that was what you were gonna reference because I, I did notice that i did pick up on that part um when filming the big reveal at the end of the film, Ryan Johnson was surprised to find out that Daniel Craig had entirely memorized the last 30 pages of the script, most of which were the monologue that his character uh, gave. This caused Ryan Johnson to alter the way he was he filmed it because he was originally going to cut back and forth between characters like relatively quickly. Yeah. But he ended up taking longer scenes and staying on Craig for longer because he knew the performance got better as Craig kept going. You know, if you were like, all right, yeah. cut, and then went back, they would they would basically film the entire his entire monologue in one go and then use whatever parts they needed. That way, you know, because he got better and better as he kind of got into the role. You know, yeah, got especially into if he had all the lines the memorized. That's awesome. Yeah. So I that, thought that was pretty neat. Uh, I, I think, see. Not, not to jump off real quick, but I think when actors do that, um, when they take the time and effort to – focus on their lines in, in big time spans like that because i know a lot of shooting you you know you shoot certain scenes so and it's always out of order so you have to prepare yourself by reading okay well these are my lines okay and then i keep them separately so it goes okay well we're gonna you know shoot these couple of lines and we'll take a break and come back and shoot these couple of lines so you don't have to worry about yeah. memorizing but those who actually put forth the extra time and effort and, and memorize pages of lines to the point where they can recite them over and over again they can kind of they they can jump in at any point in time they've already got it so comfortably down that they're not stumbling they can focus yeah. on getting into the character more and i think those long scenes make the scene so much better oh yeah yeah, um, yeah, like single shot stuff or st with no mm -hmm. no cutaways is always the most impressive. Yes, yeah, you know? and, and it allows you to focus on the details a little bit more. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah. I mean, that props to him for uh, putting in the extra Dude. work. And I'm not yeah. not taking away from any other actors. I no. mean, obviously, no, all no, these no. actors are really, really good. But yeah. that that sh that can make a really good scene in a movie when they put yeah. forth that it, extra effort. It it makes me feel that he really got into the character. He really enjoyed the character because yeah. you don't just memorize thirty pages because. It's your job. No. You want to. You know. You memorize 30 pages because you really, really like what you're doing. You know? Exactly. Yep. So it was neat to, it was neat to see that. Um, another another theme going through the movie, they reference Sherlock Holmes stuff all the time in this. Yeah. Yeah, they did. Along with other. You can other, do my watch. Um, <laughs> yeah. Other, along with other mystery stuff. But at one point, the, a, the baseball on Harlan's desk is picked up and thrown out the window of his office. At the same time, Benoit Blanc states the game is afoot and picks up the baseball from the field. That baseball continues to pass from character to character at different points in the movie. I did notice that, yeah. Because, yeah. uh, well, what was it? La, Linda ends up putting the ball back on the desk. Yes. And that's when she finds yes. the note, which, not to spoil mm -hmm. it, anyone who's seen the movie knows what we're talking about, but the note that Harlan threatened Richard on for yeah, revealing revealing his, the affair. Yeah. And Richard goes and finds and sees that it's blank and leaves it on the table. When Linda grabs it and laughs, because she, she has all these other letters from him that you see in a different scene, and she puts the fire behind it, and all the ink reveals. I was like, yes! Yep. Yes! I was like, that is awesome! And it's like, I love that scene. 
Uh-huh. Um, but I noticed that she put the ball back on the desk. I'm like, oh, wow, yeah. that's the same ball that Richard threw out the window in the very beginning. Which is the symbolizer. Like, it moves from character to character to show the game is being played. Yeah. And when everything's finally revealed and things are wrapping up, Linda puts it back on the desk to show that it's all over, you know. Yeah, and then she finds the um, Yeah, kind of a metaphor for, for Harlan's love of games and whatnot mm-hmm. that, he, that that's referenced numerous times. Uh, let's see here. When Marta and Harlan play Go, she tells him that she always beats him because she plays to win or because he plays to win and she plays to make a beautiful pattern. Several times in this movie, and that's a reoccurring theme, Marta unknowingly foils Ransom's plans by being a good and kind kind person rather than acting selfish. Mm -hmm. So that game of Go and how... You know, they talk about Marta is the only other person to beat Harlan. You know, beats Har- beats Harlan more than Ransom does. Ransom's yep. the only other person that plays go with Harlan. You know, is because she's playing. She's not playing the same game the family is. Yeah. You know. Yeah, she's not playing um, for herself. For herself, like everyone yes. else was. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Um, which which I love that theme going through the through this whole movie is 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 it's such a good theme throughout this entire movie. Uh, last fact that I have: the police detective heard on the television series that Marta's sister's watching in the very beginning is voiced by Joseph Gordon Levitt. And this is that's, the one that you were referencing. Yeah, that's what I was referencing. Yep. <laughs> I saw his name in the credits. I'm like, I did not yes. see him anywhere in the movie. I'm like, something's not right here. I must have missed him. And so yep. I started like looking into it, and that's when I was reading up on the Easter eggs with um, uh, Frank Oz and all that. And I'm like, mm-hmm. whoa, whoa, So I had to go back in the very beginning and, and replay it, and I'm listening. I'm like, ah, it's hard to tell, but I'm pretty sure that is his voice yeah. in the computer. Um, so, yeah, I, a, I thought that was hysterical. He's billed in the credit as Detective Hard Rock, or Hard Rock, excuse mm-hmm. me. Um, he's also imp- appeared in five other Ryan Johnson films. So... Yes, um, and we were uh, briefly chit-chatting this before, uh, along with, um, I don't know, I got to remember his name, the one who played the other detective. Uh, I can't What's remember his name? Hold on a minute. Uh, yeah, I can't remember the, uh, the, other, the other actor's name. He was in a couple of movies, including Star Wars. We were talking about that earlier. Yeah. Um, it's not on my page. Uh, Noah Segan. Yeah, that's it. Trooper, I, Trooper, who played Trooper Wagner. Wagner. Wagner, that's what it was. Trooper yeah. Wagner. Um, yeah, in uh, the notes that I was reading, I, I'd have to go back and look, but he apparently was in multiple uh, movies as well. I know he was in the Star Wars movie um, and then mm-hmm. a few others. Uh, yeah, I think, I think he's along a, he, with Yeah, I think he's kind of like the Greg Grunberg to J.J. Abrams where, you know, he's very close friends with Ryan Johnson. Mm-hmm. Know, so. Yeah, he just makes small appearances in, in other movies. But just like yeah. Levitt... Uh, and that was the article I was reading about how both of them were kind of in multiple of his movies. Uh, so I thought that was really, really cool. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that, that one was one of the ones that threw me for a loop. Cause I saw when I was watching the credits, I saw his name pop up in the credits and I was so confused. I was like, I did not see him anywhere in this movie. How did I miss him in this movie? Uh, and that's because he visually wasn't there that I know of other than that small uh, laptop scene. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I kept thinking, well, maybe he was one of the extras in the background, one of the other detectives in a, a different chasing that I didn't pay attention to. And it was kind of like a little Easter egg thrown in that I just missed. So, yeah, I, I thought that was really interesting. Um, 
now it kind of makes me want to go back and watch some other Levitt movie just because I was deprived of actually seeing him in the movie. Well, (laughs) funny you should mention that, Jordan. (laughs) Why? What are we watching next, Eric? (laughs) It's almost like we pre-planned this setup. (laughs) Nonsense, nonsense. Um, You you were saying you liked him in other stuff? Yeah, I do like him in other stuff. And uh, as we wrap this up, I will I will go to do the do the final pinch. If you like what you listen to on this episode of Friday Films, don't forget you can follow us on any social media: Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at Who Do Presents. We are still actively looking to collect recommendations from you guys. There are so many movies that we Jordan and I have talked about reviewing that I'm having a hard time not watching <laughs> before because I very want true. to do them in review form. Very true, very true. So I'm uh, having a very hard time not watching some of these films. But we're always us, looking for... Rec- well, I was going to say, it took well, us like a little bit just to try and figure out what movie we were doing next. Exactly. Uh, just um, just because we were going through a huge list of really good movies uh, that we want to watch. Yep. Um, but we're always looking for recommendations. So so if you pitch something that, that, that we like that you want to see... Um, that we want to see, you know, who knows? That could be the next thing that we that we review on Friday Films. Um, with that said, though, uh, after after lots of debate and a couple Joseph Gordon references later, we decided the next film that we're going to be doing. Uh, another very recent release and another exclusive to a streaming platform. So if you don't have Netflix, sign up for a free trial because we are back on the Netflix train with Jamie Foxx and Joseph Gordon-Levitt's project power yes um which just came out a couple weeks ago at the time of recording so and uh, i mean one it looks really really good but two if, if you are jumping on the, the netflix wagon you can then go back and watch our last review of uh the old guard um, yes which was a decent movie too that was pretty good mm-hmm. um but yeah i'm, I'm excited for that i I, always, I knew you were talking getting ready to hit mm-hmm. on the fact of um levitt movies uh i've enjoyed his movies um oh yeah I always thought he played good characters. And Dude, I've loved him since Third Rock from the Sun. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, <laughs> he's he's always been, in my opinion, good at all the things he's done. But uh, he mm. was always um, a good actor, in my opinion. Uh, but I've also enjoyed watching some of the things he does outside of movies, which mm. we really don't have to get in here. But I know he's done yeah. uh, Hit Record, uh, which I, I really liked and looked into um, a while back. Uh, but I, I loved the idea behind it and, and the fact that if I'm not mistaken, even until today, he still puts effort into that. Yeah. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I'm, I'm sure we'll talk more of our, about our, uh, our, our Joseph Gordon Levitt love affair next week. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure we will. Um, but with that being said, uh, we hope that everyone who's at this point still with us has already won C knives out and enjoyed it. If not, hopefully we didn't ruin it too much for you, but still worth watching. Still worth watching, yes. Uh, Agreed. I would definitely watch it again, um, even to go back and kind of look for the little Easter eggs and other stuff that I would have missed. I thought it was a good movie. Even though you know the ending, I think it's worth at least a second rewatch. So definitely a good movie. I recommend it. I'm assuming you would at least recommend it from the sounds of it as well. Yep. Uh, So that being said, we hope everyone enjoy. Please let us know what you liked or didn't like about the movie. Uh... I'm curious to see what other Easter eggs that we missed that other people picked up on. I'm sure there's so many. Of them. I know. In a movie, I, I, in a movie, in a movie like this, there's like something sitting on the desk in the background. That's 
<laughs> that we I, didn't I even would see. love to be a part of those movies just to set up the background. Like, Hey, whenever anyone notices, yeah. I mean, you, you see how much I do it in the little pictures. Like when I yeah. do our uh, Friday films and random random, I'm like, Hey, did you notice this that I hid in the picture? Just to be a set designer for a day. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that'd be fun. Uh, that being said, those who have seen my pictures, go back and try and find all the stuff that I hid and didn't even realize. Uh, but that being said, we hope that everyone enjoyed. We hope to see you guys next week with project power. And until then, again, this is Eric and Jordan. And let the credits roll.